I want to speak about communion. So most of, the, I think all the, all the songs was about, about the blood and about what Jesus did. And I am blessed. And I am favored. Amazing. Because of the blood of Jesus, we are blessed. We are favored. Okay. Cool. So, uh, at some point I was thinking, perhaps I must just go through the whole thing tonight. But, you know, that is, that is way too much. And there are still another couple of rabbit trails that I want to go and investigate. So, what I will do is I will see how far we can go tonight. And then... Next week we are just going to have a, a meal and we will worship and so on and then okay. so we'll do the next week. Okay. So we'll we'll, we'll still continue next week as the pastor have said. Cool. And uh, yeah, so I still plan to see how things go, whether God will open the door for us for for the twelve to get a guest speaker or not. Communion means there is salvation for us. We all know that there is salvation for us in Jesus. I mean, most of the songs was about the salvation of Jesus. Now, Jesus said that the covenant that he has with us, this is the new covenant in my blood. Now, the meaning of a covenant, most of us probably know, that the meaning of a covenant is that there's agreement between two people or two groups of people that involves promises on the part of each other. So what, what do I mean by that? Is that when people in the Old Testament or in the old days have made a covenant, so what they were, what they were saying is that your stuff is, is my stuff and my stuff is, is your stuff. Okay, if I'm going to, to war, you will join me in war. If you are going to war, I will join you in war. The consequences, there were severe consequences if any one of the parties did not keep his side of the covenant. Now, the first covenant that we saw was in, in Genesis 15, where God have made a covenant with Abram. So this is just the foundation to see how we come into the to the communion and then later on we will have communion. Okay. Now interesting thing if you go and read through through Genesis 15, God took Abraham and then he said to him, Listen, just look outside and he saw the stars and then he said to him, As much as or as many as if you can count the stars, so many will your descendants be. And then Abraham says how what will you give me what what guarantee will i have and god says i will make a covenant with you and then god says to abram i want you to do to get me a three-year-old uh heifer heifer not a heifer heifer you are right there a three-year-old female goat a three-year-old ram a turtle dove and a young pigeon then he said to Abram, I need you to, to cut these animals except for the turtle dove and the young pigeon. But the others you have to cut it in half. Now what, what happened is that when they cut, they, they said that they, they, was a, they would probably put it on the, 
if, if, the, if there's a road or a footpath or whatever in that, that place where he was staying, he will cut it in half and then he will put half of the of the three of the three old, old heifer on, on this side and the other half on that on both sides of the of the path. Put the pigeon on the, on, on one side on, on this on the one side and the the young dove also on the other side and what will then happen the blood will then flow from this half into the into the middle in the road and what the will do what the will then happen is the two people that are involved in this covenant they will walk through these halves in other words on this path of, of blood to solidify or to confirm the covenant that is uh, between them so uh, what then happened is we all know that God put Abram to a deep sleep and while Abram was sleeping then it says that a smoking oven as well as a flaming torch was going through this path it's very significant so what actually happened while Abram was sleeping God was making a covenant through Jesus with uh, with Abram now the flaming torch where in the Bible do you guys can you remember about uh, about the flaming torch oh, the, garden of Eden. the garden of Eden so right at the gate of the or at the at the, at the entrance to the to the to the garden of even there was a flaming torch you know i've this i've thought I, I was going to or what i did is i'm google to find out what is the significance of <coughs> the smoking oven and the flaming torch the smoking oven i was talking about re reference to the pillar of of uh, the, the, the the pillar of of cloud that was over the israelites I was talking about the holiness of God burning everything away and uh, the flaming torch is the word of God in other words the presence of of God coming and cutting deep between spirit and and soul okay so uh, for us to understand communion now I want us to, to, to read, someone read uh, John th uh, 13, verse 18 to 34. If you have your Bible. Jesus had said these things, he was deeply troubled and told his disciples, 
I tell you for certain that one of you will betray me. They were confused about what he meant, and they just stared at each other. Jesus' favorite disciple was sitting next to him at the meal, and Simon motioned for that disciple to find out which one Jesus meant. So the disciple leaned towards Jesus and asked, Lord, which one of us are you talking about? Jesus answered, I will dip this piece of bread in the sauce and give it to the one I was talking about. Then Jesus dipped the bread and gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. At once Satan took control of Judas. Jesus said, Judas, go quickly and do what you have to do. No one at the meal understood what Jesus meant. But because Jesus was in charge of the money, some of them thought that Jesus had told them to buy something they needed for the festival. Others thought that Jesus had told them to give some money to the poor. Judas took the piece of bread and went out. It was already night. After Judas had gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man will be given glory, and he will bring glory to God. Then, after God has given glory because of him, God will bring glory to him, and God will do it very soon. My children, I will be with you for a little while longer. Then you will look for me, but you won't find me. I tell you, just as I told the people, you cannot go where I am going. But I am giving you a new command. You must love each other, just as I have loved you. If you love each other, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Fantastic. Guys, if we, if we grasp this thing about, about communion, it will transform our lives. Um, you know that it, it's... Uh, I'm not going to ask us to read the, the part of, of 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 to 34. Paul was talking about the breaking of the bread. And then he, make, he start off with the statement. He says, That very same night that Jesus was betrayed, He broke bread. Okay. Now I just want to go back to that, that very first. The, uh, Bridget started off by saying that Jesus' most or his favorite disciple. You see, the, the other, the actual Hebrew word there in the other Bibles using it is, is the, the disciple that Jesus loved. Okay. Very significant thing happened. Okay, let me write before I go to go. We all know that God is love. Okay. And at this table, when we come to the communion table, we are mindful of the fact that we are loved by God. Now just look at this picture. That's all the disciples sitting around this table, this communion table. The Bible says that John, the disciple that was, that, 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 what, that was loved by Jesus, were leaning, putting his head on his, on his chest. You, have you noticed that up to that time he was only known as John or John only referred to himself as John but that night at that table John have a, had a revelation 
of the love of God and the love of Jesus at that table. Because after that night, he always referred to himself as the beloved disciple of Jesus. See guys, at the, at the table, if we, at the table where God, where we get the, the revelation of how much Jesus really, really loves us. It is at the table where we put our heads on the chest of Jesus. Did you, have you noticed Peter was asking John, listen, uh, just indicating to him, please show us who is this, uh, ask, ask Jesus who is this this person you see the difference if you are close to Jesus you can hear yourself otherwise people that are far from Jesus will ask you find out from speak to us find out from Jesus what does he say on on our behalf okay I need someone quickly to read song of of Solomon or the song of songs 2 verse 4 just read it read then amplified rather amplified uh, the passion translation and someone read psalm 23 verse 5 to about verse 8 suddenly transported me into his house of wine he looked upon me with his unrelenting love divine okay and then psalm 23 verse 5 Read it there. You can read. Nobody else is there. Okay. You treat me to a feast while my enemies watch. You honor me as your guest and you fill my cup until it overflows. Okay. Just go on. Your kindness and love will always be with me each day of my life. And I will live forever in your house. Okay. You guys see what it says here? The Song of Solomon's referred to the communion table as the house of wine. Some of the translations refer to the communion table as a, a banqueting table. Okay. And he said, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. The Bible described communion first of all as a banqueting table or a house of wine and then that and they also describe him as a table prepared by a shepherd Psalm 23 is about a shepherd okay so uh, the communion table whenever you and I are having community a commun a communion a communion table is a place of supernatural encounter with God. Supernatural, a place of supernatural protection under the, the wings of, of God. So then he also says that uh, your banner over me is love. You guys know that, that there are two words in, in Hebrew, there are two words for 
for the word banner. The first one is it's, it's spelled NES, N-E-S, which is a military military banner. So all of us have seen some, probably have seen some of this uh, medieval movies, like uh, what is it, Braveheart? People walking around with this with this banner, and every group of people have a have a banner. Okay. This is a military banner, and, this, and, and then the other word is Daigle, D-E-G-E-L, which says it's a military banner, of which there was one for each of the 12 tribes of, of Israel. And then the, the second one is a banner of identity, uh, according to, to Acts uh, 19, verse 15. What do I mean, a, a banner of identity? We all know that the story of the sons of Sceva tried to cast out the demons and they said they said to the demon in the name of the Jesus which Paul preaches get out of this and the demon got onto them and he said I know Paul and I know Jesus but I don't know who you guys are okay so first of all we are under the banner of Jesus so every time that we come and we have communion we are sitting under this banner of Yahweh it is under the banner of Yahweh where we where our identity is is established okay you know that uh, in, in biblical times what happened is that there were asylum cities so if you have murdered someone by accident or killed a person by accident then there were three asylum cities in Israel that you could flee to. And if you go to that asylum city, then they are not, they cannot, you cannot be touched. Uh, it, is, it was a place haven, a uh, safe haven for you. Now on their way to this asylum, uh, or this asylum cities, the fugitive will come across shepherds or Bedouin tents or whatever, where the shepherds are, were camping. Now, these tents, these tent pegs, was a, a place of safety. Now, what would happen is that this person with or this fugitive will run to this tent and he will grab hold of this tent peg. And as long as he is holding on to this tent peg, his enemies were not allowed to touch him. What the shepherd then does is the shepherd will then slaughter a sheep and he will have a prepare a meal for this uh, a final meal for this fugitive and he will take the skin of this of the sheep and the meal will be prepared will be prepared on this on the skin what then happen is that the, while they are having their meal, even the enemy will then come and sit at the table and the two of you will look at each other face to face. Mind-boggling. Can you think of another? There's a very amazing story in the Bible of, of where exactly the same thing happened. The book of Esther. Esther understood this thing of a covenant meal 
because she went to the king and she said to the king I want to invite you and Haman for a meal yes she was stressed at the meal but I mean at the meal is where the enemy is revealed so guys whenever you and I are having communion it is at the communion table where God will reveal his plan for you and me it is at the communion table where God will reveal his battle plan for you and me it is at the communion table where the Holy Spirit will reveal the schemes and the plans of the evil one for you and me it is at the communion table where you and I will have we will look at our enemies who are our enemies your depression your infirmities your financial lack your worries all those things those are your enemies so when you and I are sitting at this communion table every time that we break the bread we, are, we can declare to our enemies I have victory over you I have victory over you in Jesus name because if you read I think it's in the book of, of Exodus um, let me quickly have a look where is it Exodus 12 verse no no I'll have to unfortunately I don't have that one but you remember when Israel was traveling through the desert God said there was not anyone that was sick among them not even their clothes uh, was worn out not even their shoes was worn out whatever the case may be at the communion table there is no sickness in our presence at the communion table there is no lack because there we can speak to our enemies now what happened is that uh, if you if you look at exodus uh, 12 verse 8 to 12 I just need someone to quickly read that one. Exodus 12, verse 8 to 12. You can read. That night the animals are to be roasted and eaten, together with bitter herbs and thin bread, made without yeast. Don't eat the meat raw or boiled. The entire animal, including its head, legs, and insides, must be roasted. Eat what you want that night, and the next morning burn whatever's left. When you eat the meal, be dressed and ready to travel. Have your sandals on, carry your walking stick in your hand, and eat quickly. This is the Passover festival in honor of me, your Lord. Which translation you have there? English. Okay. There's what the other translation is talking about. Yours says, be dressed and ready. Other translation says, have the belt around your waist. And then also, have your staff. What does this one say? What the first one? Uh, from where? Which, which one? Exodus 12, verse 8 onwards. I just read uh, the passion. This is not the passion. What is it? Amplified. Uh, 
And you shall eat of this as fully prepared for a journey, your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Okay. And you your loins girded. Now, okay. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Your loins girded. Yes. Okay. Your, your armor. Okay. Now this is your loins girded. Okay. What is what is that? Let's start the belt of truth. Okay. And then you have your staff ready and shoes on your feet. Okay. Okay. And what? Okay. So, and your staff is your your authority. Okay. Where do we get truth? Jesus. At the communion table. We know, I mean, all the th- everything that we were singing about tonight, that is, that is truth. Where do we get the truth about our identity? So, exactly. So you see that uh, that is, that is the, the thing that I think if we really understand the significance of communion, whenever we are having more and more communion, even when you are all by yourself, Truth is established, truth is confirmed, and truth is drilled into us. That is at the communion table when you are looking at your enemy, and you declare to your enemy, God, I know that things are tough, but I'm saying to my enemy in your presence, through this bread that I'm eating, and through the wine I'm drinking, my identity is established, and my enemies are defeated. Amen. Okay. Now listen. Now listen to this, and then he says, "God says to Moses, take the staff in your hand." So we all, we know that the staff is talking about your authority, talking about your identity. Psalm 110 says, "The Lord shall send." The rod of your strength, the rod of your identity out of Zion, rule in the midst of your enemies. Coming back to that. You see how it fit in with the table. Rule in the midst of your enemies. He said, I'll give you your rod. So at the communion table, I rule in the midst of my enemies. He prepared a table for me in the midst of my enemies. Okay. Uh, we are encouraged to pay attention to the nail-pierced hand and the covenant sign for us. We must understand the power of Yahweh's hand. Exodus 13, verse 1 to 14, one of those verses says, God says, Remember that for by the strength of God's hand I brought you out of Egypt. Where's our Egypt? We are living in, in our Egypt. But it's the strength of God's hand that's taking us out of our Egypt. And he says, It's this... It shall be a sign to you on your hand and on your forehead. So in other words, what God was saying to me, these commandments I'm giving, it must be a sign. Put it on your, for, on your forehead and on your hand so that you are remembering this. It's, we must understand the power in His hand. 
Guys, it's very important. We must understand the power in God's hand. So in 1 Timothy 2 verse 8, Paul says, I wish that in all circumstances men would pray and lift up holy hands. Yes. In all circumstances, okay. Now I want someone to read. This is an absolutely amazing scripture. And you will understand the hand of the power in the hand of Jesus. Uh, Habakkuk 3 verse, verse, verse 4. Habakkuk 3 verse 4. Habakkuk, yeah. Read it in the Passion also. Okay. Or amplified or whatever. And his brightness was like the sunlight, rays streamed from his hand. And there in the sunlight splendor was hiding the place of his power. Okay. Your glory shone like the sun, and light flashed from your hands, hiding your mighty power. Mm-hmm. No, no, only, only, only that. Do you guys see what it says here? It says, your glory or your brightness was like the light or the sunlight and he had rays flashing from his hand and there his power was hidden you understand what he's saying so in other words through this nail pierced hand of jesus there is rays flashing rays of light rays of healing He's flashing from his hand because he said there his power was hidden. Why did why did Jesus tell us to whenever you put your hand, you lay your hands on people? He said, when you lay your hands on the sick, they will be healed. So you, you understand you see what this. In other words, we are just an extension. And all of a sudden I understood when we when we are praying for people and some people they said, just stretch out your hand. Can you imagine the moment I'm stretching out your, my hand to you? The rays of God is hitting you. That is, and then I understood the scripture in, in Job where it says, You hold the lightning in your hand and you command it to strike the mark. So if there's sickness or whatever, the demonic attack on my life, the moment that I declare at the communion table, stretching out my hand, the lightning of God going through my hand as an extension, and it brings freedom and it brings healing and it establishes my identity okay cool so when we come to the table we can decree lord as i take your bread i eat from a place of favor even in the midst of my enemies all of a sudden it gives you a totally different yes i know that i have shortcomings and everything but coming to this table that was all the songs was about tonight it is the truth about Jesus the truth about the fact that I'm under the banner of his love I am under the banner of Yahweh because I'm under the banner of Yahweh I have favor I always have favor and I'm always can declare to my enemies you cannot touch me cool Amen.